0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Next Level. I'm JVL, here with my best friends, Sarah Longwell and Tim Miller of The Bulwark. Guys, great news. Morning Consult poll out today of Swing States showing North Carolina, Trump plus 10. Nevada, Trump plus 8. Georgia, Trump plus 8. Wisconsin, Trump plus 5. Michigan, Trump plus 5. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Sarah, would you like to go first? I'll give
1: you the, the my optimistic pitch on these numbers, which is right. the first is I don't really believe them. I think a 15-point swing among voters in Michigan from the last election there where uh, Gretchen Whitmer, the Democrat, won by 10 points over a Trumpy alternative. So I'm just like a little skeptical on this front. And also morning consult has always been a, a particularly Trump-friendly kind of outlet, a polling outfit, uh, which is not mean that they are pro-Trump, just that maybe they oversample on the Trump side. So I'm not going to, you know, lose my uh, stuff about it. I will say the other thing: if you look at the states, and this is going to be true, and as we get into the more into the general election, I'm sure I'll talk about this a lot. So they have six swing states in the mix, maybe seven actually, because they include North Carolina. Which I would say North Carolina should not be considered a swing state. Yeah, but that they don't have Arizona state. in it, right?
0: Arizona, no, they do. Is, another Arizona swing state. is in it. Oh, is Arizona's Arizona in that poll yeah. too? I missed it.
1: But the Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin, okay? I think that Georgia and Nevada are gonna be tougher states this time around. You have exactly right. The order. Okay. And so the four states the that, margin
2: order, just to be clear for listeners. Yes. Like those first four are five and under and the other ones are over five.
1: That's right. So these are plus Michigan was plus five, but the other ones were plus three, as yeah. I recall that Arizona was plus three, Wisconsin was plus three, Pennsylvania was plus three. Three. Okay. So the ones that are plus eight, like North Carolina, uh, well, Georgia and Nevada, you know, those are legitimate swing states. They have gone for both, you know, Nevada, Cortez Masto won in 22 against a, a, a Trumpier alternative. However, like that is a state where Hispanic, the Hispanic vote and the sort of Reed machine breaking down is becoming an increasing problem for Democrats. But there's three points in the states that Biden absolutely has to win, okay? Pennsylvania, Arizona, Wisconsin, and Michigan. And those are where this election is going to be fought. Like, he can lose Georgia and Nevada, and it's not good, but, like, he can. And so Arizona has been trending bluer consistently like Republicans are having a harder time winning there and the Republican Party is in shambles. Um, And Carrie Lake is going to be very likely the Republican nominee on the ticket. And she, like Donald Trump, tends to be kryptonite for these kind of swingier voters, the old school McCain voters. I think Pennsylvania has shown – I've seen a lot of polling in Pennsylvania uh, where Trump is actually uh, doing is losing to Biden. Pennsylvania, I think, I is one of the
2: strongest states. I was going to bring up the states. Susquehanna poll that has Biden plus eight. I'm just – I'm riding with Susquehanna. I don't know yeah. about Let you. Yeah, me
0: hold, – hold on,
2: Tim. Before he, Sarah, please finish.
0: Uh, just
1: like I said, Michigan, the 15-point swing seems a little off to me. Uh, that seems more pro and then who, what's the last state I really needed to get through? Oh, Wisconsin. So Wisconsin is a t- is an interesting one. The most recent election we had in Wisconsin was the off-year election where abortion, for the Supreme Court judge, where abortion was a central issue. And she won by 11 points, the Democrat. But also this is a state that did not vote for Mandela Barnes and kept Ron Johnson. But so split, they split their tickets and people went for Evers and Ron Johnson. So it's a very, and it's a very white state and a very mixed political state. So and I actually think Wisconsin is going to be the ball game this time around. I think that Biden can win Pennsylvania, can win Michigan, and can win Arizona. I think that Wisconsin is the real coin toss. And I do think that Biden's numbers are a little extra low in Michigan because that has a big Palestinian population that is mad at him right now.
0: Tim, I do not think Sarah is alarmed enough. Before I throw, okay. It to well, then you, let's go with let me because I want to chime I, in with
2: Sarah. I, I'm with well, Sarah. Hold on,
0: can I can I throw some more cold water on though? Okay, fine. You can throw cold water. We've had 17 national polls in January. Biden has led in only two of them. In both of those leads, it's been by one point. And in the last week, we have had the Eugene Carroll jury verdict. We've had the GDP growth report showing another way beating expectations. Great economic thing. We've had the Republican shit show with the Ukraine aid and border deal, and we've had Trump becoming the assumed nominee. So in other words, we've had a period of solid, again, what we would have thought as being excellent good news for Biden. And this is the number we got. Yeah,
2: Yeah, well, I guess. This, there's always a lag. I, I, so JVL, all of that would be a fair point if this was March thirty-one. And and if an, if a round of polls come out on March thirty one, we can run this tape back and and Tim Tim is going to start you know minturating in his underwear. All right, like but right now I think that, micturating was micturating. That word. What micturating.
1: did I say? No, no, no. I just wanted to make sure people understood what you meant, which is wetting your pants. Yeah. just a fancy word for <laughs> peeing in your pants. <laughs> yeah,
2: but uh, really bad. extra P extra big P in my pants March 31st if we have a round of polls that look like this but I think that there's going to be a delay on the Trump nomination effect I think the economic stuff is really just kind of sinking in as well I think that there's going to be a delay on that uh, for it to show up in the polls and also I I just I don't want to be mister Unskew, and I'm not going to be most of the time but I don't I don't the morning consult thing. I've just let let's just give it a, a beat, okay? Because for starters, these internet polls are really struggling to to capture old people. And for our friends listening who are sixty five plus, we love you. I want to I, I want to pull up this was an excellent tweet from my man Adam Carlson. He looks through the last six national polls among sixty five plus. YouGov had Trump plus seventeen. Uh, Economist had Trump plus sixteen. Bullfinch Group had Biden plus twenty, <laughs> like these the fucking the internet polls can't get, it. and that's what the morning consult thing is. If you look at some of the more quality pollsters, Marquette, recently, for example, in Wisconsin had Biden plus two, um, which is the gold standard in, in Wisconsin. So I, I, I'm not going to freak out. Uh, you don't love to see it, you know. No. You, you don't love to see a morning consult poll that has Trump plus eight in 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 Nevada and Georgia. You know that does give me bad butterfly feelings in my belly, but I, I just I, I don't think that we need to to go into full panic mode. I do think it is time to move into full urgency mode, and you know I felt that way for about a year now. So I, yes. I, I, and I think that there's been some in that direction. You know we saw this week the Biden super PAC announced a 250 million dollar ad buy, which is real money, real numbers. It uh, can actually educate Wisconsin, people unlike the Nikki Haley bullshit money that they're they're excited about they're like ooh Nikki Haley got 5 million it's like great that you know if you spent all 5 million in the greensboro market maybe you could move you could move 2 points there but 250 million is real money and so i, I do think that we're seeing a campaign begin in earnest and i want to check back in in, in mid march so here's my optimistic take on it if with all of this good news
0: and all of the trump at his most crazy it really is Trump plus 10 in North Carolina, Trump plus eight in Georgia. Well, then we know what America is. It's time to start looking at property. Well, no, I mean, like at that point, it's not like, oh, well, the voters just weren't able to, you know, they had a bad run of economic luck and, you know, people will make bad decisions when they, like, then this is just like, this is who we are and this is what the country wants. And in a way, I find some solace in that. Right. I mean, it's like that's like understanding that, like, oh, we're on a ship that's sinking and the the ship is just going down. There's nothing to be done about it. And so I would I I'd take that. Right. There's a fatalistic comfort. Hmm. Uh,
1: so I got to say, maybe it's because I we're currently doing some things around here in which we're talking to a lot of two time Trump voters who are out on Trump. And maybe I'm listening too much to them and it's coloring my views bias. on this stuff. Yeah, yeah and, and that is selection bias because we're selecting them. But, the, but I just, I believe they represent something real and meaningful. I, I just, I agree with Tim about these internet polls. I think there are people, oh, I actually, I shouldn't say this probably, but like, there are people, like everybody's ready for the, or not everybody. There are people in the political universe that I think are ready for this Trump-Biden rematch and are ready for the panic of Trump coming back. And I think, it's so incumbent on us to keep perspective. Uh, I'm not saying they're push polls exactly, but, like, I just think everyone needs to— st- we don't need to be on hopium stuff. We're no Simon Rosenberg. You know, this is, everything's going to be fine, and we all know that. We should be worried. But I'm not going to freak out over every one poll. And I do think—I believe this. When Tim says we're on the tape back, like, I want to be on the record that we are going to start to see a correction in this polling as interest rates get cut as Trump becomes very like after Super Tuesday when it's clear. One of the things talking to voters right now is that Nikki Haley's getting enough. You know, these guys do not understand. Like they think Nikki can win. Isn't Nikki Haley doing well? Like, isn't it possible that Nikki, I'm super pro Nikki. And, um, I just, right. the, I, the idea that there's a ton here to play out, um, that these polls are not capturing people at, you know, whatever. They're not capturing the intensity of the anti-Trump vote. I just, Everybody, it's
0: okay. Look, everything you're saying should be happening, right? That that's like I, I we really like, I hope in March 31st that when we run this back, uh, all of this stuff appears in the polling data because it should be there. Like there's no there's no governing by all the if all the laws of physics held, then yeah. that's where we would be, right? So, but uh, it's just a question of whether or not people are what they are. Uh, one person who is well, you know, now we'll we'll get to Shelley More Caputo in a, in a minute. Sarah, you know, I'll just sit here like a piñata. I'll just twirl around People are branch. desperate
2: for the Shelley Moore Capito you, content. By the way, I teased <laughs> it I teased it on Ballot Box, and JVL has just teased it, and it's coming, people. So just just wait your turn. Just get ready. You have thoughts
0: on Nikki Haley, and you want to beat me about the head and shoulders with it, and so I'm here.
1: I just want you to know I read your triad yesterday.
0: Thanks. You only read the ones you want to
2: yell at me for.
1: Not true. Not
2: true. Did you make it to the second item in the triad or did you just read number one?
1: I just read number one.
2: <laughs> it's a triad. It's a three-part I do letter. know
1: that. But the first part was the part that I was most interested in. <laughs> and I would just like to have a quick debate on the merits of Nikki Haley's, her current role that she's playing in the race and ultimately uh, in her criticism of Donald Trump. And I think you are being too fatal, shockingly, I think you're being too fatalistic and too negative. Now, here's the thing. I know and am aware that just as you upfront admit that you were wrong about Liz Cheney, 100%. you were wrong about Chris Christie. 100%. That I can also be Lucy with the football.
2: Hold on. Hold on. Just we're not saying we're wrong. I want to see Chris Christie. I want to see the big fella on stage with Joe Biden before anybody's saying they're wrong with, about Chris Christie. So I just I want to see it first. You can wait on that.
0: I will take the L on Chris Christie right now. Go ahead, Sarah.
1: Yeah. So I I tweeted something um, a couple or after Nevada where I was like, you know, if Nikki Haley's not going to actually attack Trump, then like I want her to get out and I want Trump to be the nominee as quickly as possible for the contrast so that the contrast with Biden directly can begin as soon as possible, because I think that does start to turn the narrative around a little bit. And so people like did not like that take on Twitter. They, they were like, no, Nikki needs to stay in. And I was kind of like, well, if she's going to run the campaign she's been running this whole time, I don't see the point in her staying in but she has started to run a different campaign, okay? And I think that your negativity about her is unwarranted as in this moment, as we what we should be doing is not saying, and this is, we've had this argument before because sometimes I think when you you say that somebody is definitely gonna do a thing, she's definitely gonna endorse Trump, she's definitely gonna break our hearts, you sort of give them permission to do that thing, right? Because why would she do anything else? Nobody expects her to do anything else. We should be putting a ton of pressure on her not to endorse Donald Trump, and we should be celebrating and amplifying uh, her criticisms of him. She's going pretty hard at him right now. And, like, that's good. And I think, you know, that's psychologically for her, too. The more she does it, right, the more she burns the boats the less chance there is of her going back. And I, like I said, I'm willing to be wrong about this. And I do think that one of the worst things Nikki Haley would do. I basically, I'm, I just won't stand in total judgment of her at this moment because I think Nikki Haley's gonna have a, hit a crossroads. And if the path she takes is to say, I will not endorse Donald Trump. She doesn't have to endorse Joe Biden, but she will not endorse Donald Trump because she believes what she says about him. Then that would be incredibly meaningful. If she does endorse him after all of the things that she says one on one, because these aren't like his tax policies stupid or whatever. This is like he's mentally unfit and incompetent. Like she's down that road. If she endorses him, she's dead to me, and I'm sure that keeps her up at night. The idea of being dead to me, <laughs> sure. But like that is that is a that is a horrible permission structure for the people who also feel like everything she said about him is true. But then say, oh, man, you know, people like Nikki, like, we all just get back on the team. That's what we do. And so I just, I would withhold judgment. You, you are judging her right now, quite harshly, I think, before she's done anything, before she's made that choice.
0: All fair. I wouldn't disagree with any of that. I am judging her. I'm prejudging what I believe she's going to do. Uh, and I may be wrong. I am also judging a little bit the the cravenness of her, you know, a week and a half ago. Like, I don't know anything about these cases. Why are you asking me? And then like, oh, yeah, jury sure got this one. <laughs> like, I don't like this just seems like somebody who will say anything. But isn't and she doing do what we've like, asked her to do? I guess I, you know, I like people who just like say the things that they actually think.
1: I agree with that. You know, I agree with that. But also like. Do we make no allowances for the campaign to sort of shift? It's, I, I,
2: let me ask that. Let's play that out. Because seriously, because I don't. Because here's why. Why? This is, this is what it comes down to me, like, why? Like, the fundamental argument on the side of her not telling the truth is that it might help her politically. And is there evidence for that? Like, like, so far, the evidence seems to be that, like, oh, yeah, it's helped her politically. She only lost by 30. And it's like, well, the point of this isn't to lose by 30. Like, she's won two counties. The strategy to date has not really worked. And so it's kind of like, why are we making allowances for her? To help her beat Trump? Because I'm there. I'm there. If you're telling me that this no, strat- no, no, the not strategy of pulling punches and not really saying what she really thinks might lead to her winning South Carolina, you could get me there. All right, you can get me there, but I don't. None of us see any path to her winning South Carolina or Super Tuesday or anything or the nomination. So why? So why make allowances for her to kind of, you know, do a half-ass attack on Trump and then endorse? Him? I, obviously, you're not for the endorsement, but but that I guess that's my that would be my case. Like I don't, I just don't see why we're making why make allowances for her to lose.
1: Uh, because if I I think I think now it, now that she's really saying and running against him, I went from thinking what's the point drop out to like, no, okay, you're going to say the thing for as long as donors will keep you in this race to say the thing and go after him. The 20% that she's appealing to were the 18% in national polls. Sorry, but those are the prime targets for the Republican voters against Trump types. Uh, It allows us to identify those people. It allows us to figure out the number of sort of old school Republicans that stay in the party and which ones of them are persuadable. I, I just... I see value in it as long as she's telling the truth about him. Now, and also, the one reason I'll give her, I'll give her a little latitude on this is like the fact that they weren't trying to win before was so evident. And now like that people are starting to pay attention, like case making matters a little bit more. She's one on one with him and people are like tuning in a little bit for the first time. It's like I just see value in it. She erases the value and, in fact, turns it into a negative if she endorses Trump. But if she doesn't, then this is valuable, what she's doing right now.
0: I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, that. I guess my my view of this is that the – if you think of this as like leverage, right? Think of like physics with a teeter-totter, right, and, and leverage. The, the weight of what she's doing now is very, very close to the fulcrum, meaning that like there just isn't a lot of leverage to it. And what the, the only thing that will wind up mattering is what she does at the end. Like, that's when she's all the way out to the, the end of the teeter-totter. And, you know, like, it doesn't matter what she says now, because if at the end of the day she goes and endorses him, it blows up all of that.
1: See, this is where I just, this is the part I really disagree with, is that I agree it matters a great deal what happens in the end, but what she does, like, what she does in the end then makes what she does right now matter considerably more. Because if right now she burns the boats on him and then she refuses to endorse him, you've gotten yourself – you bought yourself what? Another month or so, uh, depending – if she goes through Super Tuesday, another couple of months of her talking right to Republicans about how unfit he is and then refusing to endorse him. And so that is the outcome we want. Like we should want that outcome. We should encourage that outcome. Totally agree. If – so it's not to me like what she does – it's the reverse. If she if she endorses him, then the fact that she's gone hard at him is actually made worse by that. And so, like, she's going to reach a crossroads, and we want her to choose the path of not endorsing him.
2: Choose the right path, Nikki. I agree. Yeah. Hey, this,
1: this guy wants to get to Shelley Moore Caputo you know what and the
2: not wrong talk about it. <laughs> okay. You know what the wrong path is? Can I tell you the wrong Hit path? Hit me. Shelley Moore Capito. It's Capito, but you can mispronounce her name. That's fine. She doesn't really deserve much better. Um, She's a senator from West Virginia, if you haven't heard heard about her. She was the senator. She was, was senator on January 6th. Uh, she's been senator for a long time, actually. She's been in Congress since the year 2000. And uh, here, oh. were her, here were her comments on, I think, January 7th. The actions and reactions of President Trump were disgraceful, and history will judge him harshly. That's her hmm. comments on January 7th. Here's Shelley Moore Capito's ex post over the weekend. Today, at the West Virginia GOP winter meeting lunch, I announced my support for President Donald Trump during his administration, our economy thrived, our nation was secure, blah, 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 blah. Fuck you, Kelly Moore I, I Fuck you! Like, this Hold is so crazy! Now. This Hold is so on, crazy! Tim. Disgraceful! History will judge him harshly. I want her to History, be president again? Not her! Just <laughs> history, history will judge him harshly. History will <laughs> history. She would judge him harshly. story will not judge him harshly. Um, uh, I just like there are there is no. I know that blah. We've done this before, but like there is no analog to this. Like there is no other. There's no example. There's no both sides. and There's no Democrats. There's no past Republicans. No matter how much you've hated any any politician ever before in history, they've all been hypocrites. Everybody's talked out of both sides of their mouths. Never before has somebody been like, I think this person is so bad that the history books will shame them. And I want them to be president again. Like it, 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 it makes no sense. It is enraging. And she absolutely knows better. I know she knows better. I know people that work for her. I know people that are friends with her family. I know West Virginia politics. I know Shelley Moore Capito. She fucking knows better. She is a 70-year-old. Not that it would be better if she was doing this for some personal political calculation. She's a 70-year-old. She's been in Congress for 25 years. She's not going to be on Donald Trump's shortlist. It's not like she's waiting until 2028 where she's playing out. She wants to keep her options open. Her career is over. Just do the right thing. Do you know why she's doing this? I'll tell you why. Because her kid wants to run. Her nepo, her child, Moore Capito, he's not even a nepo baby, by the way. He's a nepo grandbaby because (laughs) Shelley Moore Capito's father, Arch Moore, was a long-time Politician in West Virginia and he was the governor of West Virginia in the late 80s. So her fucking Nepo grandbaby Needs his mother to try to ruin the American experiment in order to make sure he has a better chance to win a little primary this year How about you shut up? How about you just say nothing? Okay, and let arch you know, earn, the, you know, earn, shame himself and, and earn this on his own merits. Okay? It's not like George this kid P. couldn't go do something else. This help. is
1: what I was going to say. They LJBLP saw what B. happened to
2: George i I'm, I'm sorry, Tim, lesson.
1: your boy Jeb also, remember when, when George P. He didn't endorse Donald Trump for president.
0: Right. He he that's what I'm saying. They and, saw that and they realized, crap, you know, look what happened to George P. We got to make George, sure that doesn't happen do to him.
2: Look what happened to George P. He lost anyway. Yes. He lost anyway. Yes, right? because like his he, dad didn't he, George P totally suckled up to Donald Trump and he had little no, you're missing he had little because his fucking about why his about why he was the only bush that was right. He had like George P Bush actually insulted his family, the honor of his like deceased grandparents. You okay? you're like he insulted me, them Is in order the to the try to get making. on Trump's side yes. and got nothing.
0: That's what I'm saying. Jeb didn't endorse, and then no matter what George P did, he still lost because of it. She is trying to avoid that fate for him. That's that's
2: what I'm then saying. Then just then just leave. Okay. Then just go away. <laughs> then just go away. All right. If you like if you are unable to do this because you want more, little more little more, who's done nothing in this life, I'm pulling up Moore's Wikipedia. Here's his life. Okay, he graduated and then he went into the state house of delegates. All right? This this person is exactly what MAGA should hate. He's exactly what anti-establishment Republicans should hate. He's done nothing his whole life. He's just a little, like, forget career politician. He's a life politician. He's been a politician since he was a toddler. And now we've got to risk the end of our democracy to make sure he can be governor of West Virginia? No. Fuck can you, I ask man. you something?
1: Can I Fuck you? You, you seem madder, more mad at Shelley Moore consternated, Capito. Consternated, one Yeah, constern, consternated. Uh, then, it's not, that's no way that that's the right formulation. Then you did about Marco Rubio. I mean, like every single one of these guys, and they all said that Trump did, like they all said January 6th was bad and he was bad.
2: Yeah, well, no, I'm mad about all of them. We can do this every week if you want. Uh, but, yeah, just, but this one Like, why Shelly
1: Moore Caputo? Okay, this one,
2: because, it- because she... Because I I know her. I don't know, like, really, but I, I know her. Like, I have a one degree of separation from Shelly Moore Caputo. This person knows better. This person is a 70-year-old grandmother. She, like, why do this? Like, why... At least Marco... Marco and his fucking big ears, like, like he's convinced that he's like Pinocchio, where like every year, like the more lies he tells about Donald Trump, his ears grow bigger, and he's convinced that like by twenty thirty six he'll be able to fly into the White House. Okay, he's a he's like a middle aged man who has delusions. So I'm still, I, still slash I don't Dumbo. like that, but he has delusions of a future political career. Yeah, we've got mixed Disney
1: references happening. No, that, yeah. didn't Dumbo?
2: Yeah, Dumbo I did, the ears flying. But that's wanna, yeah. not defend. Pinocchio. It's mm-hmm. well, it's it? a mixed. I thought it was a riff more. It was more. <laughs> rift and mix. I want to defend Shelley Moore Capito
0: because Come I want to cop on, no, to my you own thing. <laughs> I no, want to cop don't. to my own thing.
2: You would you would you would end American the American experiment so that Flash could be <sighs> governor of New Jersey?
0: <laughs> well, I mean, it's not it's not far. I really disagreed with Joe Biden's decision to try to forgive student debt via executive order. I thought that was a bad thing. Me a too. A bad probably unconstitutional thing. And yet here I am saying that we ought to hope that Joe Biden is elected president. So really, when you think about it, it's the same, right? (laughs) I'm the same. All right. uh, Time for a word from our friends at Green Chef. Green Chef is a CCOF certified meal kit company, and they make eating well easy with plans to fit basically every lifestyle, whether you're keto or paleo or vegan or vegetarian or gluten-free or just trying to get more balanced meals, Green Chef has you covered. Uh, You can elevate your everyday wellness with the number one meal kit for clean eating and discover new gut-friendly recipes each week. Green Chef delivers whole food for your whole body. They're committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall being of your entire body. Choosing Green Chef means choosing real wholesome foods that don't just fill you up, but also support a healthy lifestyle. It's more than just satisfying hunger. It's about feeling good with every bite. Green Chef's new gut and brain health meal, which is something I need to get on, uh, includes a mouth-watering array of nutrition dinners. The gut dinners. or the brain
2: you need to get on? Both, what health do you need? Both,
0: both. Clean snacks and functional drinks crafted to actively support the well-being of your gut and enhance cognitive health, which again, two things I need. So they've got these nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes developed in partnership with registered dietitians, and they improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. Green Chef is now owned by our friends at HelloFresh, and they have a wider array of meal plans to choose from, Something for everyone. And that's why I I actually haven't gotten my Green Chef box yet, but I'm super excited too because the HelloFresh people were the bomb. They were really, really excellent. So go to GreenChef.com slash 60NextLevel and use the code 60NextLevel to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for
2: eating well. Why aren't you madder about Shelly Moore, Sarah? That's what I want to know. Why am I alone? I was I was I was hoping my rant was going to get you riled up and you were to be like, "You're right, Tim. Screw her." Screw! Like, where are? Why? Why is it just he me? You spent
1: your whole ad read getting so mad at me, wanting his <laughs> hands in his hair. I just watched him. I, well, he got redder as you as you were reading the I ad. Hope
2: he mess up <laughs> our ad. Getting
1: redder. Yeah,
2: yeah, because Sarah laughed at me about my rant about <laughs> why are you so mad at Charlie Moore Capital? Why aren't you a mad at Charlie Moore Capito? I of cute. course.
1: I, of course, am. I just, like, we're super far down the list now of senators who have endorsed Trump. Like, yeah. I just, at this point, I, uh, like, I don't know. She actually waited kind of long uh, well, in the well, grand good. scheme of things. Like, Cornyn already endorsed him. Rubio already endorsed him. I mean, Lindsey Graham endorsed him a million years ago. Who was the first one to endorse him out of the gate? I don't know. Even Mitch McConnell's Stephonic, out there. even though she's in so, the no, House. But but I'm talking about first. senators. But, like, you know. I just, the, oh, the 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 West Virginia senator, the state that Trump won by 50 points, as a moral matter, you know that I'm with you. I just, uh, I guess I, I, I don't know, on my outrage meter, we're sort of in this. Just watch out place. when the Todd
2: Young endorsement comes through, okay? I'm going to have some thoughts about that. I will yeah. be
1: very sad about the Todd Young endorsements because Todd Young is one of the few adults left there, but also people that are purported adults, they're already rushing to endorse him. It's discreet. I mean, I don't, what do you want from me? You know what I think about it. I just, it's just funny to me that you zeroed in on this one.
0: Speaking of adults, Taylor Swift is an adult.
1: Oh, do we have to talk about this?
0: I mean, only if you want people to listen to our show and watch the YouTube version of it. Because Ugh. everybody wants to talk about this. But if you're not into it, Sarah, we don't have to. Uh, am I the only person here who actually likes Taylor Swift? Is that, is that no the No comment. The truth?
1: So yeah. I will tell you, hold on. I will tell you that I, there, so first of all, on the Taylor Swift, you've taken two things that I don't care about very
0: much at all. That's not true. So, you're a football fan on. now. You so told this me. This is my
1: problem. This is my problem, right? So I, I, I try to care about football and obviously I like music, but I, I don't engage in either of them enough because I just don't, like, I don't see, I don't care. I don't care. And so the problem is, is two things that I don't care that much about have converged into the biggest political story. And now it is forcing me to have to care and I resent it. But the only thing I did in service to this, I will not comment on it on Twitter because there's just too much. I cannot believe how much discourse there is about this thing. The only thing I'll say is that I did to get her essentials like, you know, on the Apple, Mm -hmm. iTunes, whatever, and was playing them today. And I was like, oh, there's a whole bunch of songs on here I don't know that are quite good.
2: Yes. So you know what? I'm going to.
1: I'm gonna to listen to more that's my this is my big attempt to engage in the discourse. Sarah, to I wanna to get to you engaged.
2: Subject. I'm gonna get you engaged in a different way about something okay. you do care about. The interior lives of women and the choices yes. of women. Okay. So I, I, I'm I gonna have care. a topic on this because me and Bill, if you on the ballot box, like on it's on the next level feed, we put it in there. Me and Bill did like twenty minutes on how crazy all the magas are and their how their conspiracy theory is insane and how these people are massaging and up. have lost their mind and, and how the triangle of doom. We did it all, we can do more. But I, I, I found finally one interesting take on Taylor that I'd like to read this morning. These are the normal conservatives. Um, Edmund Smirk. Uh, Right (laughs) I know you're going to be excited about this I wonder who Edmund Smirk voted for I think probably he wrote in Edmund Burke Um, uh, Conservatives (laughs) get Conservatives get the entire Taylor Swift story wrong The last dude Taylor dated Was an unambitious and effeminate British actor Who turned her into a forever girlfriend Of six years She stuck around Even as he hid their relationship Made her walk out on the outside of the road And he forestalled their family formation Taylor had to lead the relationship and play the masculine role This is why it did not work Because, of course, it would not It rarely, if ever, does with beta males The conservative worldview has been completely vindicated Yet, we are not celebrating Instead, we have to complain about fake wokeness Because conservatives are enthralled to a reality television host Rather than celebrate her relationship with the football player Who is an alpha male so there you go. Those are the good conservatives. That's what we got left. This guy, who I think must be a homosexual himself, because I don't know any straight males who <laughs> can go that deep on on Taylor Swift's dating history. Um, but uh, so anyway, I don't know. Uh, maybe he's just a gay guy that likes likes alpha males. But um, the good conservatives, the anti-Trump conservatives, their take is that this is this should be celebrated because Taylor Swift is finally. Dating an alpha male football star rather than a beta Timothy Chalamet metrosexual.
1: Okay. So. I I don't think that was actually about the interior lives of women. That sounds like an interior lives of some dude on Twitter. Uh, it doesn't sound. Yeah,
2: it's kind of, so, about, it's kind of it's, about gender roles, maybe gender uh-huh. roles. How, how women yeah. should, so, how we should think about I women. Just,
1: yeah, I just I think you should think a little bit more about what it means to talk about the interior lives of women on your takes. But uh, so. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> sorry. <laughs> all right. Uh, it's
2: a good show.
1: <laughs> good, good show short show jbl's gonna have a coronary
2: uh so, okay no uh, correct that's a fair criticism uh, that's a fair criticism <laughs> do you have any other th- any thoughts about evan yeah. smirk
1: though <laughs> no but i'm gonna make a broader point about i will say the extent i, I so i i uh in, I, I'm, I, i've been trying to skip all the taylor stuff but it's so replete through all, any cha- anything that I'm reading that like I can't avoid it. And so I did sort of watch a few seconds of this guy who I guess is some kind of a sports announcer about football.
2: Colin Cowherd.
1: Yeah, and so he was breaking down the number of seconds that Taylor Swift has actually been on the screen at these games. And it's like 32 seconds, 14 seconds. And people are like this thing of, uh, and I do, I there is the part of me just like, The good old-fashioned woman part, the sisterhood part that goes, why is everybody so mad that the camera is showing Taylor Swift? Like, the extent to which this causes men to lose their minds, that Taylor Swift is like bebopping around at a game having fun, because God knows nothing makes these dopey alpha male keyboard warrior (laughs) incels angrier than a woman who is rich having a good time. Like, I don't, I think it is, um... Yeah, that's why I downloaded her music, because I am now, I'm going to, I'm on her side, and I don't really know why, but I am because of the, because this stuff is so stupid, Uh, and like, I'm not invested in her dating a football player. The takes that actually make me the angriest are the ones where it's like, Taylor Swift is dating him for his money. I'm like, this woman is maybe the richest woman on the planet. Like, I don't understand, this. she does not need him, and also like, the this is the other thing that bothers me. Oh wait! It turns out I do have thoughts on this. Is it? <laughs> I knew I'd know. Mark would get you going. Yeah, it's like, why can't people just let people be happy? They seem like two young kids having a nice relationship. And have I, you not
0: watched America over the last seven years, Sarah?
1: <laughs> I just think, I just think like this seems like maybe something people could feel, if not neutral about, like neutral to good. It seems very weird to want to be angry. And all of the the discourse about like how it's like. Cr- you know, why aren't conservatives more like they should like this because this is a football, all American football player and the most, you know, a country music singer? I'm like, who cares about any of that? There's just human, two human beings who seem to like each other, uh, who seem both good at the things that they do. And
2: like, seem could... is the key word there, though, because it just, se- it's not, because it's not authentic. It is an op. And, and Joe I, Biden and George Soros are behind it. It is an op. It's not authentic. They found these two people because it's so outlandish to think that a country music star and a, and a very handsome football tight end might find each other on their own. Um, it had to be Pfizer. Pfizer the, the executives at the pharmaceutical companies, they made this happen, Sarah. And that's why people can't be happy because they seem happy. It seems like something you should be happy about, but it's more than it, it seems. So uh, this is, I'm going to say
0: something unbelievably obvious to half of America, but but not entirely
2: obvious to me if, until recently. If Joe Biden actually put Taylor Swift together as a football player, he would have picked a Philadelphia Eagle because that's no. his favorite team and it's a swing state. <laughs> so I, uh,
0: COVID-19 broke my brain in one important way, which is that it uh, it made me change my entire view of the pro-life movement in America. Because I sat through, I mean, I was, you know, in and around, I'm I'm nominally pro-life, uh, you know, I'm Catholic, I believe all the stuff, and I had always defended the pro-lifers, who I traveled around with, as being like, no, these are people who, like, really sincerely care about life, and then COVID-19 happened, and I watched... Most of those same people uh, be like, don't make me wear your damn slave mask. And, you know, like, no, it's just the flu. And who cares he, you know, if they die, then they, that's because they took the shot and all the shit. Because, and between that and then with the reversal of Roe v. Wade, the absolute uninterest in doing anything to help mothers. Who are having babies. Like there's, you know, there's no like welfare state expansion. There's no like child support or, or something like that. It's just we just want to criminalize things. And I, I came to the conclusion uh, that actually most of the stuff that pro-choicers said about pro-lifers over the last 20 years about how they just want to control women were probably true. Uh, and I, watching the Taylor Swift is another one of these movie moments for me
2: where it just I seems to, to me obvious to song, now. let continue. I'm just, okay. I'm just registering that I'm downgrading you to some.
0: Okay. Watching the Taylor Swift thing, it just seems obvious to me that the real reason they're so angry is just because she's a woman and she's successful and they don't like it. It's just misogyny. And, like, again, I'm sure this is the most obvious thing to uh, many people And also people not on their
1: political tribe. Right. Also, this like what they seem obsessed with right now, too, is that she might endorse Joe Biden and that that she's only
0: barely on that other political. She's not Barbara Streisand. Right. She is not a person who's like whose primary identity is politics, you know, and she to the extent that she has dipped her toe into politics, it has been very gingerly. Right. And
2: uh because it's anybody that's not MAGA as part of the other political tribe.
0: Yeah. But this but, all like, this started, you have to this be started actively, with the Aries. You have to actively
2: the, choose to put on the red hat or else you're or else you other.
0: And they just yeah. you know, watching watching them flip out when her the the, the tour movie came out and, you know, made hundred ten million dollars in its opening weekend or whatever, uh they lost their minds over that. They just don't like the fact that she is like this incredibly successful woman whose whose success like is is largely tied to her believing in her own worth. I mean, this is like her entire career can be read as an artist believing in her own worth against the sort of big corporations in her industry. And they don't like that. And they don't like it because she's a woman. And again, I'm sure this is totally obvious to like half of America already. But for me, I'm like, wow, hold on a minute. Yeah, this is just, you know, bunch of dudes hate women. I
1: have one other uh, thing that I saw just casually online though, that has really stuck with me. That I think is very funny, which is the big the moment that I learned who both Kanye West and Taylor Swift were <laughs>
0: was, was it the, the moment. Movie
1: Awards? Yeah, it was that the MTV the Movie VH1 Awards? Whatever it was, or whatever it was, or maybe it was.
0: I'm oh, gonna okay, let okay. you finish.
1: I'm gonna let you finish. But he like he so she wins and he's mad on Beyonce's behalf and he interrupts her like a acceptance speech to say that Beyonce had the best album of the year. And it was a deeply rude thing for him to do, but it also, it created a rift, right? Because there were people, especially, I think, let's call them more liberalish folks, who took Kanye's side, because, like, why is, maybe, like, they didn't like that this white woman was getting this, you know, over what, because a lot of people thought Beyonce had the best album. And conservatives sort of took uh, Taylor's side for whatever cultural signifying reasons uh, of their own. And everybody now has switched sides. One of those, that guy, the ones that Lib's like, he's a white supremacist now. He's like an anti-Semitic white supremacist. And she's a liberal icon. And this is, I think, uh, a nice encapsulation of the trajectory of our culture over the last
2: 15 years. I will say, as an interrupter and a Beyonce fan, even I (laughs) thought it was a little much. Uh, at the time i was like you know kanye i'm for beyonce on this and i'm okay with interrupting a woman every now and then um if if you need to have something to say but this is you're taking it a little a little too far here my man um we're gonna move on here in
0: in just a second uh but i just want to issue a word of caution for all the new football fans on the left who love taylor swift and whatnot don't don't get too out over your skis here because the the San Francisco 49ers are a very good team. Uh, they're slight underdogs, but they could very easily win the Super Bowl. And if that happens... Niners are favored, actually. Then, I'm, are I'm they on, favored I'm, now? Yeah, they're yeah, favored yeah, yeah. by one. Yeah, they're on they're the a cheese. good team, right? So it's a pick em. And uh, if they win, then all of these horrible people like Vivek Ramaswamy are going to be running off to Twitter to yell, See, Taylor Swift cost them the Super Bowl! Blah, 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 blah! And go dunking. And so that's coming your way. So don't get too like over invested in in this story. Hmm. That's all.
2: Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel are also very handsome as well. If you're just if you're looking for a San Francisco handsome person to thirst after, okay. This show, I don't know if this my endorsement of Christian McCaffrey's looks is sponsored by our sponsor, but the show is sponsored by Miracle Maid. Uh, did you know that temperature at night can have one of the greatest impacts on your sleep quality? If you wake up too hot or too cold, I wake up a little too hot. That's me. I highly recommend you check out Miracle Maid's bed sheets, inspired by NASA. Miracle Maid uses silver infused fabrics and makes temperature regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors, especially true for those of you that don't wash your sheets regularly. Uh, miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer than the sheets used by some five-star hotels. I'm on them right now. I'm on the miracle made. I was on them last night and, uh, my report is I, my temperature was feeling pretty regulated. So well, I wish go. I had these in college because What's I got to say back in, back in my college days,
0: I would wash my sheets once a year, yeah, oh. you know, early twenties, it probably upgraded to like once every three months. Could have used some miracle made back then.
2: Same, I I think I washed my sheets less than that in college. I I don't know that I did wash sheets in college. I think I just had them and then threw them away.
1: Yeah, my sheet would like invariably be like bunched up at the top of my bed, not just sleep straight on the mattress. (laughs)
2: you better trust these sheet experts after hearing that story go to try miracle.com slash next level to try miracle made sheets today and whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one if you order today you can save over 40 percent and if you use our promo Next Level at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's back to the 30 day money back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash next level and use the code Next Level to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash next level to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode.
1: I just want to say for the record, it's not that I don't like music or care about it. I just like mostly like it when it's in the form of musical theater. Yeah. That's fair. That's, I'm much more invested. I that. also
2: would say I'm like a huge music person, as evidenced by the fact that I write about music for the Bulwark, and that's my least read articles of the year every year. Uh, <laughs> but even I like don't like to don't care. I s- kind of stopped reading a lot of musician interviews because I'm like I don't want it to ruin my experience of it. Yes. Like if you are determining right. your whole like emotional response to music based on who somebody's dating in a football game, that that seems like a bad personal choice.
1: My key point is that it's not that I don't care about music; it's that I don't care about the personal lives of, like, actors and musicians. Like, the pop culture aspect, the People magazine aspect of all this is irrelevant.
0: Noted. All right, we got to move on to an important topic, a serious topic. Corey Bush is currently a victim of the Biden crime family. It's happening again. Joe Biden's Department of Justice is investigating Cori Bush, a Democratic representative from the state of Missouri. And uh, the... The investigation centers around misuse of campaign funds. She's also being investigated by the FEC and the House Ethics Committee. Uh, what she says is that uh, she has used campaign funds to pay for security because, as a regular member, she's not entitled to security. She says she's cooperating completely, uh, but uh, the the. The flying the ointment seems to be that one of the men she was paying for security she is now married to, and so we will see how this shakes out. But it is important to to note that once again, the the Biden crime family is using the Department of Justice to go after his political enemies, because Corey Bush has been quite uh, quite quite vociferous about her disagreement with the Biden administration. The DOJ. On has has well, one of you stop me before I keep going. Like, the this rab- is-
2: the DOJ rap sheet is pretty. Um- uh, it's pretty. It's pretty long here. I mean, it's it's hunter levels. Upon, it's levels upon levels. I mean, the hunter, the Joe Biden DOJ, wasted three years before they started to uh, investigate Donald Trump for trying to overturn our democracy. They're now investigating Joe Biden's son. They're investigating Democratic senator and. Former colleague of Joe Biden, Bob Menendez, are investigating the mayor of New, New York, York mayor, <laughs> Eric Adams. <laughs> Democratic mayor of New York. They're investigating a Texas congressman, Democratic congressman, and now investigating Cori Bush. So that's quite – I mean – It's all you got to keep up appearances, okay? You know when you have a politicized, weaponized DOJ, you know you can't make it too obvious, all right? So you have to patsies, yeah. You got to throw people off the scent. You got to throw people off the scent, including the family members of Joe Biden. I do want. I would love. I struggle with this. You know we don't get to engage as much. Sometimes I do, but it's hard to engage with MAGA folks because they don't want to. But I I have not ever got a good answer on this. Like when I was interviewing Bannon, and for the circus, I. I felt like the uh, the inverse of this. The one time I really stumped him, and it was hard for him to come up with bullshit, was that was on the inverse, which is if this was a weaponized investigation, like in Georgia, why are so many people pleading guilty? Like, you know, and he like took a very long pause, bef- and and then kind of gave a totally nonsense non sequitur answer. You could tell because he was like. Huh, I hadn't thought about that one yet, right? And and the inverse is, is true. Like if it's weaponized, it's like why are they doing this? And I and on each individual case, like they've come up with some Hunter Biden reasoning. So it was they went easy on them and blah. But but like as a body of work, like it, it does seem to undermine the conspiracy. But that that hasn't seemed to break through. On in Sarah, in does thoughts. any of this ever register?
0: with the people you talked about in the in the focus groups, either Democrats or Republicans? Do any of them look at this and be like, no, actually, it seems like the Biden Justice Department is behaving reasonably responsibly?
1: No, not on that. I think that the it has the intended effect with voters, or not the intended effect, I'm sorry. Uh, I think that what happens with voters, and this is one of the things why it's really important for the Republicans to focus on Hunter Biden, is that I do think that people have this sense of like, they're all criminals. Uh, right. It, like in and it really does like when I, even when Tim was sort of listing off the number of people, I was like, huh? Like the, le- like, this is why people think government is corrupt and cannot, re- doesn't respond to their needs. And I think people should stop committing crimes, basically. Um, it's my hot take. Uh, people should do less of this, but, uh, I think that the, their goal is to muddy the waters, right? If everybody's corrupt, then Donald Trump's corruption, matters a great deal less. Right. And the what about opportunities are increased. And so um, I think that that's what I see in the groups is that that sort of fatalistic sense of, well, uh, you know, the documents, well, Joe Biden kept documents and so did Mike, you know, it's it muddies the waters to the extent that uh, Donald Trump is normalized because corruption is normalized.
0: I guess. I mean, I look at it and I I don't I don't fully understand that, right? Because if the position is, boy, lots of people in government are corrupt. I don't understand how the remedy for that is. So let's vote for the guy who's the most corrupt, and for whom we have actual charges and evidence, and then we're going to vote against the guy for whom there are no reasonable allegations of corruption. Like I like that people just doesn't think about seem it like that a hard. remedy.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's only democracy, thing? right? Why would they think about it that hard? <laughs> uh, um, I, uh, I I agree, JVL, but I, I, I understand why people don't get it. It is like they don't follow the stuff that closely, and it kind of this kind of relates also to the Taylor Swift thing, right? Like the the MAGA people that that buy into the Taylor Swift as an op thing don't actually think about the details of this. Like, in, in their brain, they're not like, huh, I wonder how this actually worked in process. Like, did Joe Biden meet with the farm executives and Travis Kelsey? <laughs> like, did they try out multiple actors? Right, like, like, they just have this sense that things are corrupt and that that they are the victims of this corruption that is happening by these shadowy elites and and that is also true about the Biden GO, DOJ stuff. Like, they don't actually think, how is Joe Biden targeting Donald Trump specifically? Like, it's just like, oh, these guys are all tr- are political and they're out to get us. It's, it's also it's not, true
1: about, like, how the election was stolen. Like, right. my, like, when you ask people, like, well, what do you think they did to steal the election? They're like, well, I don't know exactly what they did, but, like, I'm just saying that when I went to bed, Donald Trump was winning, and when I woke up, Joe Biden was winning, and what do you make of that? And if you're like... They kept
0: counting votes every night. I, like, I I have been told by Republicans and conservatives for years, years, that facts don't care about your feelings. mm. And now it seems like it's the other
2: way around. Their feelings don't care about the facts. I don't. That is true. It's a astute observation. I do. Um, I do want to go to the just Democratic (sighs) primary politics of this really quick, if you don't mind, before we leave, because I think it's important. Um. I think we're going to learn an interesting some. – we're going to have some interesting new data points about the Democratic coalition this year. You don't want to overstate any particular primary, but um, uh, Corey – the squad is going to be facing some primaries. Uh, Corey Bush has a primary from Wesley Bell. It's a black local prosecutor um, in St. Louis. There might be another candidate in that race. Um, And, uh, you know, so we'll see how that shakes out. Jamal Bowman, I don't know. Did you see his 9-11 truth or uh, poetry? I yeah. saw that it exists. Written in verse. Yeah. Written in verse. Yeah. It was a little bit. I love Ben Dreyfus sent a tweet that was like, it feels a little generous to call this poetry. <laughs> but <laughs> you know, I'm not a judge of that. May well have Hannah weigh in on that. I'm not a poetry expert. But um but yeah, Jamal Bowman, um, obviously, you know, between the fire alarm poll and then lying about it and and um obviously his position to the far left, he has a primary challenger that's a more, I think, direct ideological. Uh, race george latimer uh, who's a county executive uh, supporter of israel um and, and uh, elon omar uh, might also get a primary so i and anyway i do i think that it'll be inter- it is interesting i think it is at least an interesting data point that these are viable primaries right where the power on the republican side is still the other way there are some there is the exception of cawthorne where everybody you know, ganged up against him, but there are very few exceptions. And usually when you talk about primaries in a Republican contest, it's the normies who have to act crazy to fend off the crazy. Right. And, and here we have a case where it's, I won't call them the craziest, but the more extreme and maybe a little corrupt um, side of the democratic caucus, like they're now having to, to check out their, their middle flank. Um, We'll see if that, if that is a real, uh, real fear or not, but I think that's worth monitoring.
1: Yeah. Just although to, I will say I'm I sorry, think I turn. think Lauren Bobert might lose her primary, which um, you know. Well yeah,
2: she I mean. districts changed districts. Too, right? Such a weird she case, did though. change districts. She changed districts. And I actually don't know. I bumped into the airport um uh, this week, uh, a guy, a guy I used to work with in Colorado who's in uh, Republican politics. And and he and it's funny, like it's like this microcosm of Trump twenty sixteen. He's like, if we can just get her in a one on one, I think that we can beat her. But like the current <laughs> situation is like, you know, he's cause he's like Bobert has like thirty six percent and then there are like nine people who like range from like they're attacking her because they're more MAGA than she is, to like there's relative normies. So like they have the whole uh, a lot of also people with criminal records. <laughs> so like you have all the colors of the <laughs> rainbow in that primary. So anyway, but Bobert is it would be the other potential counterexample.
0: <laughs> All right, good show, incredibly long show, guys. Thank you. I got you. another hour on Taylor perfectly
1: and... normal <laughs> sized show. I know. I actually I could get wound up about that. I guess.
0: <sighs> hit the subscribe button. Hit the like button. Leave us five stars and leave a review on the Apple Podcast app, please. It helps us more than you can know.
2: Yeah, and for one reason, actually, in particular. Uh, because I'm I'm getting a little annoyed by how much higher George Conway and Sarah Longwell's podcast, George Conway explains it all to Sarah Longwell, is on the rankings. And you know it's okay. I support all my colleagues. I'm happy for the success of Sarah Longwell and her other podcast. But you know we could you could help bump us, like help bump us, help make it a little bit more of an even Steven kind of match.
1: Did JVL go? Did you ask people to write comments on the George Conway explains it all that are just no. about me? Did you make some kind of weird appeal? No. I think you did. I think you did.
2: No, I There's think JBL's appeal was, was you please go write and comment and rate and review the new George Conway Explains It All to Sarah Longwell podcast, which everybody should do. And I think the joke was, even if you want to compliment Tim. I think that was the joke.
1: <laughs> oh, there was a couple. There were a couple of like Tim no, Miller's I, still the best in there.
0: On no, the, he On did. the Thursday night show, I asked people to go and, and make sure they shined you up.
1: Uh, because because, because you it is there. like, It's embarrassing. Like you read it, and it's (laughs) the show. This I am a. I'm like a. uh, Hopefully, I'll grow more central to the show because it's just like George, just like going, going, going. And so it's all these people being like Sarah is just really shining in these. And I'm like, I clocked in at three minutes of
0: talk time on this. Look, you're the straight man. Nothing he does works. Things people have never said to me before. Setting it up. Yeah, Uh, phrasing. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks.